0: What he do? What he do? What he do? Everybody, it's your man Kmart. Welcome back to another episode of the Three One Zero Podcast. Your man, I miss you all a lot, but I got a lot of things taken care of. So hey, you know what? Just in the nick of time, we're back as these playoffs are heating up. Um, we're definitely going to be talking about kind of like um, the series so far and kind of who's going to be ended up in the finals uh, right now we definitely got the semis going on right now some definitely some interesting matchups we'll be talking about that we'll also will be diving into some nfl kind of giving like an update of kind of like the uh, the best uh, the big moves that's been made this offseason as well as i uh, definitely we'll be kind of giving you guys a little bit of insight on my experiences in parenthood it's definitely been a crazy ride to say the least And so, with that being said, if you want to hit the show up, hit me up at the310podcast at gmail.com. So with that being said, let's get to it. All right, ladies and gentlemen, let's get into the NBA playoffs. And so, as everybody knows, I took a little bit of sabbatical, so you guys didn't really get my playoff preview. And so, going into the playoffs, I had Phoenix and Milwaukee meet for the title with Phoenix winning it. CP3 gets his first ring. KD gets a ring outside of Steph Curry. But, let's get into and see what actually took place. So, let's start with the Phoenix Suns. Um, after Kawhi Leonard uh, gave a virtuoso performance in Game 1, and played game two um unfortunately that good old knee of his um acted up and he missed the remaining of the the remainder of the series they were already out uh, without pg uh without pg and sadly i mean they really did not have the firepower to keep up with phoenix i mean you, you got to give their nucleus i mean the um, the reserves and the um the other play, the players who played i mean you got to give them some type of credit because they at least tried to battle However, they just did not have enough to um, to, beat, uh, to compete with the Suns. So now, with the Clippers, the question is, going into this new building that they're supposed to be going to in Inglewood, I think it's either next year or the year after. I mean, can you really, can you actually, actually win a title with this current crew? Because Pete, uh, Paul George is, is typically hurt. Kawhi, I mean, he missed so many games throughout the season. It's like you can't really... Build a team with the with a solid nucleus because those players are always out. So I mean some decisions are gonna have to be made about the Clippers. I mean, and I know going into that new building, they're gonna wanna have one or both of those two stars there just so you can have the gate appeal. So we'll definitely see what happens. I mean I know it's, it's there's some like I said it's definitely gonna be some decisions made about the Clippers. Uh, I mean I don't know maybe they find a trade partner maybe they can try to get like another superstar. However like I said, which one are you going to trade, Kawhi or Paul or Paul George? I don't know. I really don't know. So, moving on. Um, a matchup um, up in the Bay Area, the Warriors and the Sacramento Kings. Um, a matchup between youth and experience. Um, the Warriors, uh, the Kings, the I would have to say the Kings definitely handled themselves appropriately during this playoffs. I mean, they battled the Warriors all the way through. Had a chance to go up 3-1, and unfortunately, Harrison Barnes, um, of course, the choke artist. I mean, I know her. I mean, I've seen Harrison Barnes back in Carolina, and during his last, um, his last uh, tournament um, of his final year, I mean, he basically couldn't do jack squat. And so it's funny, cause like when the ball went to him, I immediately knew him. Like Harrison Barnes about to miss, and of course he did. And you saw Stephen Clay you know, Steph and my Stephen Draymond saying, "Hey, we've seen this act before." And so I'm wondering where they talking about Harrison Barnes. Hmm. But you know, if, he, if Barnes would have hit that, he would have would have had some words for the Warriors, thankful because I mean, majority of the Warriors fan base and most and some people run the NBA believe that if Harrison Barnes did not have the series that he had against Cleveland in 2016, they would have uh, they would have easily won that series because I mean, Harrison Barnes basically uh, was a basically no show games five through seven, and so. He and Innocent was quote unquote responsible for uh, that blown lead. Plus, also, I mean, you saw they got KD. You saw what the results were after that. So, but like I said, I mean, the Kings, they, um after being down three two, they went to, uh, to the um, to San Francisco and forced the game seven only to come back and be hit with a virtuoso performance by Steph Curry. The first ever 50.7 Game 7 performance in NBA history, and they needed all those points because they really weren't really getting contributions from the rest of the squad. I mean, Steph basically had to put the team on his small shoulders and take them to the next round, and he basically did that. And so they moved on to face the LA Lakers, who took on the Memphis Grizzlies, another matchup between youth and experience. However, the biggest, uh, the big difference is the fact that Memphis was missing two of their bigs down, uh, down low with Brandon Clark and Steven Adams, and they sorely missed them. Um, John Morant, um, injured his wrist in game one it missed game two, came back in game three, but by the time the Lakers already had, or were up two to one, it would go up three to one during that series. And of course, Memphis fought back. And only to be stomped out by the Lakers in Game 6. And one member of the cruises I do want to talk about is Dylan Brooks. Uh, We've seen this type of act before. I mean, during Game 2, Dylan Brooks was mouthing off at LeBron. LeBron called him a bum. And after the game, Dylan Brooks was like, hey, I poke bears. And you only get respect for me if you can put 40 on me. Um, Well, Dylan Brooks not only LeBron didn't put 40, but the Lakers sure did put a 40-foot butt whipping on you guys in game number six. And you saw it early in the game. Memphis had no, they had no, they had no way to stop the Lakers. I mean, true, they, they missed Luke Kennard, uh, who missed game six due to a shoulder injury. However, he wouldn't have made that much of a difference because just the Lakers, they just totally just bulldozed the Memphis Grizzlies to move on to the second round. Um, moving up to the Eastern Conference. Um, the top seed in Milwaukee Bucks took on the Miami Heat, and probably uh, the more one of the more interesting series um, to start the playoffs. Because I mean, the uh, the Miami Heat, perennial Eastern Conference powers. Uh, they went to the finals a couple years ago in the bubble, and were the number one seed last year before being knocked out in Game Seven of the East Finals against Boston. But Miami comes into the series off the playing game, and Giannis, unfortunately Hurts is back in game one. Um Milwaukee um is down two to one in Miami. Giannis comes back to game three. I mean on oh, I'm sorry, games four and five. However, blown leaves was the name of the game for both game five, four, and five, because Milwaukee had an opportunity to get back into the series and, and even take the series lead. However, just those blown Leaves killed them. Uh doesn't help when Giannis is missing free throws and the Bucks are turning the ball over, and you definitely saw that towards the end of Game Six because they were playing hot potato during that final possession, and the ball ended up in Grayson Allen's hands, who throws up a wild shot to try to tie the game, and fell harmlessly to the ground. Series over. See it. See ya in Cancun, Milwaukee. Match over. And one of the things that I was highly disappointed in the Bucks. Especially uh head coach Mike uh Mike Boonhoser because as you know he was fired during uh right after the game. But the fact of the matter is that you did not put arguably one of the least best defenders on Jimmy Butler with their season on the line and yeah, you and he ties the game up off a lot of play. How come Giannis is not on him? That does that that boggles my mind even still to this day. Your season on the line. You get you put your your best player, your and arguably your best player and best defender on their most explosive weapon, which is Jimmy Butler. I don't get it. This is why um, the Bucks are at home, and Mike Budenholzer is now out of a job. So speaking of Miami, I mean this is now the sixth time that the number one seed has went down to the number eight seed. I mean we all remember Denver and Seattle '94, the the Knicks beating Miami in '99 the We Believe Warriors knocking off the top seeded Mavericks in 07, Memphis beating San Antonio in 2011, and <clears throat> as a Bulls fan, I remember Philadelphia knocking off Chicago. That was the series where Derrick Rose tears up his knee. But yeah, like I said, definitely not a good way to end the season, and I did see Giannis was um, kind of going back and forth with, uh, with the reporter, and Giannis and for Giannis, you may not think this season was, um, wasn't was a failure, but the front office does, because you saw what happened afterwards, and they fired head coach Mike Budenholzer. and now, which brings speculation to Giannis' uh, upcoming free agency in the next couple of years. I mean, what's going to happen with that? I mean, there's some people, there's some teams that um, I'm pretty sure would love to get their hands upon Giannis, and of course, I mean, he did kind of mention playing for a big market team like Chicago, maybe about a year, a couple of years ago, but... We'll definitely definitely kind of keep our eyes tuned to that. And so with that being said, ladies and gentlemen, I'm going to take a quick break and we'll jump in to the semifinals. All right. All right. All right. Let's jump back into it. Let's jump into the semifinals and we'll start out west where the Denver Nuggets took on the Phoenix Suns. Um it's crazy cuz like when it just seems like when the playoffs hit Chris Paul gets injured. And that's basically what happened earlier in the Denver Nuggets Phoenix series that Chris Paul got injured after I believe after game 1 and basically missed the majority of the regular season with a ham uh with the hamstring injury and sucks it really it really sucks because i mean chris paul one of the best point guards of all time and the only thing that is missing from his resume is that elusive championship ring i mean he's had opportunities to win it in houston the clippers even when he was with the hornets he had a definite great opportunity to win and his, bi- his best opportunity came a couple years ago where they lost to the bucks in the nba finals and so and it definitely sucks because he Got rid of that whole narrative about Scott Foster not being able to win a game with Scott Foster record. I mean, he not did that during game two of the Clippers series. But it just sucks that, I mean, in the year where he was finally able to break that streak. He wasn't able to break that streak of being injured when it counts most. But um, hats off to the Suns. I mean, they're um they were down 0-2, going coming back home. Uh basically, Devin Booker and um KD just basically put the um, the Suns on their back, combining for 86 points in game three and 72 points in game number four. And unlike game three, where they basically got virtually little to no help, they got some big-time assistance from Landry Shaman, who chipped in with 19. That was that was barely enough because that staved off Joe um the Joker who had 53 in game number four to tie in. The series was tied, and basically going into Game 5 in Denver, I mean, the the game was pretty much close for the first half, however, the Nuggets just blew the door off the Suns in the second half, and basically rolled that momentum into Game 6, where, I mean, you've seen it early in that game that the Suns really didn't, they didn't have it. They spent so much energy just to to get it to a Game 6. They didn't have enough to try to push it over the hump for a game seven. I mean, KD, honestly, I've never seen a, a game where KD played this bad. Yeah, this was arguably one of his worst performances in the playoffs. And the same can be said for Devin Booker. I mean, he was virtually invisible. And so, once again, the Suns um, wrap up their wrap up their season with an with a embarrassing home loss. I mean, as we all remember, the beatdown that they took last season to the Mavericks in Game 7. Um, this was just as brutal as that game right there. I mean, the only person from the Suns who came to play during Game 6 was campaign. And that was it. And so, the results of that was Monty Williams being fired. Um, I know he and DeAndre Ayton have definitely had their beef over uh, the past calendar year. Um, we all we all remember how what happened um, the altercation and shout match that they had during Game Seven between Dallas last year, and it just seemed to me that they just never really had it this year. I mean, I know, I know, I know. I picked it um, to win the title, especially after they got KD. But man, poor chemistry, man would do it to you um, every time, every single time. So the Suns bow out and. Going on to the next Western Conference matchup was, um, arguably probably the more, most anticipated matchup during this final season, this playoff, um, year, was Golden State taking on the Lakers, um, as we all know, we all remember, um, uh, know the history between LeBron and the Warriors organization, uh, kind of, it basically has, uh, four NBA final appearances, and, yeah, yeah, LeBron, um, like I said, got his 2016 chip. Golden State uh, won their first one, and then after the 2016, they end up getting Kevin Durant, which are three titles in total to Golden State. And now the Warriors, defending world champions, looking to go back to back. And one, and this series, I would definitely say, was pretty anticlimactic because, for the most part, I mean, the Lakers dominated this series. I mean, they dominated um, in the paint. They dominated on defense and they dominated by <laughs> the whistle. <laughs> the Lakers uh, had a very distinct advantage uh, with the fouls called, with the, with the whistle being blown. Um, go to state, true, I would definitely say uh, Go to state is a jump shoot, or a jump shooting team. However, there were times where they also got into the paint as well. And there's a couple games where the points in the paint were very similar. But you know what? It, it is what it is. But I mean, with that being said, we got to give the Lakers credit. They did what they needed to do. Uh, AD dominated and, was, and has been arguably the best player in this year's playoffs. I mean, him, Jokic, and Jimmy Butler, I think, have been the, the top three, and in, in, in not in any order, have been the three best players during this spring's playoffs. But, no, um, AD was the man. AD um, has been the difference maker, I think, um, the second half this season. A lot more healthier he doesn't he hasn't had the, the devastating injury that cost him that's cost him the, the last couple years and yeah la dominated game number three beat go to state down and, and overall jumping out to a 3-1 lead thanks to line walker during game number four of course go to state um made one last stand by winning game five but for the most part you definitely see the results of that during game six. I mean, Golden State just did not have enough to compete with LA. Um, I mean, it seemed like every game there was somebody else outside of LeBron and AD that stepped up. I mean, you yeah, had uh, had a game, I believe it was game number one. Um, D'Angelo Russell also had a solid game one. Uh, Austin Reed with his half court clean um, during the first half of game six. Julian Vanderbilt. Um, playing very well, uh, especially defensive um, um, against Steph, and like I said, Lonnie Walker, um, the fourth had 15 fourth quarter uh, points to to help uh, rescue the Lakers from that game four for a potential game four loss. And I will definitely say this is probably probably the most complete team LA's had with LeBron. Um, and mind you, me, this is a way that a lot of teams are win can, can win. I mean, you don't have to have like three or four all-stars or superstars. I mean, you can get basically have at least have two all-stars, two solid all-stars. Uh, maybe like I say, a superstar like LeBron, a super, an, uh, an all-star like AD, and he's in a sense trying to catap- he's in a sense with this playoff run catapult himself to possible superstar status. But you fill the roster out with viable weapons um, off the bench, guys. who've uh, know how to play their role. That's kind of how, like, the Lakers, the uh, the '80s Lakers, the the Kobe Shaq Lakers were. Um, how the uh, the Larry Bird Celtics were. Jordan and his Bulls were. They kind of built it around the superstars, but yet they had essential pieces come together who knew their roles and did their roles very well. Like I said, this is probably LeBron's. I would probably say it probably is most complete roster, maybe since 2016, 2016 Cavs team, yeah, I would definitely say that, but, like I said, I mean, um, and now on to Golden State, um, once again, Golden State just cannot handle the power of the Lakers, I mean, like I say, AD, LeBron being just too big for the defenders, um, they were obvi- AD was just an obvious mismatch, I mean, he was doing every one and against, um, Kevon Looney and Jermichael Green. And on top of that, I mean, Steph Steph did his he did his job. However, he got very very little help from Klay Thompson, um, Jordan Poole, and Draymond Green. I mean, each one of them had a game where they had they they they, they poured in points. However, other than that, it was just too inconsistent from, from the Warriors. and Draymond Green, my guy. I mean, we know you love LeBron. We know how much yeah you. Gloss over LeBron and whatnot, but God, dog, oh man, don't seem too happy. You seem a little too happy after he eliminated you in the playoffs. And I know, <coughs> excuse me, you guys got the Lobos um, business going on. Hey, good for you guys. I'm pretty sure you got some some other business in there. I kind of guess it's like kind of like LeBron. After that little incident in 2016, it's like one of the things where, hey, keep your enemies closing, your friends closing, you put your enemies closer. And I think that's, that's kind of what LeBron did. He kind of invited Draymond into a circle, but hey, it is what it is. So, like I said, LA moves on to the Western Conference Finals to face Denver. Um, that matchup is going to be very, very interesting. I'll, I'll kind of give you my preview um, once I've done with this section. And then from there, let, we're going to jump into the East. Um, first, we're we'll going to start with Miami and New York. Um, a battle going dating back to the 90s. Those 90s matchups between New York and Miami were epic, to say the least. And this one, um, it was pretty, to me, I think this was also anticlimactic because I pretty much called, I kind of figured the series will go the way that it went. I figured New York, will, um, the Heat, would win game one. By, and. In the process of losing Jimmy Butler for Game 2, but even with Butler out, the Heat had an excellent chance to win that game. So, I knew once the scene shift back to Miami and Jimmy Butler's playing, New York might was going to win both of those games. And they did in impressive fashion. Setting up Game 5, where of course New York wins. Game 6, of course, Miami finished the job. So, Miami moves on to the Eastern Conference Finals once again. I uh, believe it, this is now the third straight year Miami has been in the Conference Finals. And... Now I'm sorry, no, no. The second no the third uh yeah the third time in the last like four years Miami's been there. And now they take on the winner between the Boston Celtics and the Philadelphia 76ers, where this was a matchup where I mean the Sixers, hey, they had an ample, ample opportunities to win this series. Um and when they look when they go back this summer they're going to they're gonna really kick themselves because they let multiple opportunities pass them by to win this series. I mean, as we all know, they took game one and with the series tied at one, I mean, you get newly crowned MVP Joel Embiid getting his award in front of the home crowd. You think it's, it's going to be amped. The Sixers are going to be ready to go. However, no, Boston came and stomped them in the mouth and took a 2-1 series lead. And if it wasn't for James Harden, um, Three-pointer in the corner of Game Four, they probably would have went down three games to one. But series tied, and you would think Boston would go in dominate Game Five and close out the series. Uh-uh-uh. Philadelphia did the, uh, did virtually the unthinkable, winning Game Five on the road in Boston in impressive fashion. They literally dominated that game from beginning to end, and you would think now. You got the game you need to close out the Celtics, a team that you've struggled with over the past several seasons in the playoffs. You go down by 16 points without very much, a little input from Jason Tatum. Jason Tatum struggled for the first three quarters. Of course, the Sixers make a comeback from 16 down, and my, I'm watching the game, and I mind you, I got to put my kids in the tub. And, like I said, they were up by, I believe, six when I did that, going in the fourth quarter. However, I get out, I get my kids in the tub, come to find out, Jason Tatum is literally putting on a show, and he gets it going. The Sixers, unfortunately, here, they allowed the Celtics to hang around, and Jason Tatum made a pay with a dominant fourth quarter to send the series back to Boston, mind you, Going into that game step, I thought, you know what? I've seen enough weird playoff series over the past maybe five years. I'm like, you know what? I think Philadelphia's gonna win this series. And for the mo- and for the much of the first half, I was pretty much spot on because they went up nine points in the second quarter. I'm thinking like, okay. And then, unfortunately, mind you, I really didn't see much of the game because I was out for Mother's Day. But checking in periodically on my phone, I see. Philadelphia up by nine. Then I see halftime. Okay, alright, Boston's up by five, so that's not that big of a deal. Lord have mercy. When I get home, Lord, I saw that score. Boston was up like by 25 plus points in the fourth quarter. I'm like, what the heck happened? That third quarter and Jason Tatum happened. My goodness, Jason Tatum. And mind you, Steph Curry had that uh, the the only 50-point playoff performance. That only lasts about a couple weeks because Jason Tatum lit up the, self, um, the Sixers in the second, and third, and fourth quarter to the tune of fifty, I believe fifty-one or fifty-two. He had that game and sent the Sixers home in embarrassing fashion. Um, man, oh man, oh man! And for the Sixers, I mean, what went wrong? I mean, Joel and B, James Harden were virtually invisible during Game Seven. And unfortunately, um, today, Doc Rivers was, is no longer the head coach of the Sixers. He was actually fired. I'm actually not surprised by this because this is just a constant. With Doc, I mean, he gets up in the series uh, three games to one or three games to two, and he can't close the deal. I know how people will say, hey, look, a coach is, I mean, hey, about X of the noses and putting players in position. Well, to make shots, well, hey, put them in position and at this point i mean the sixers were are in their in their right mind because into to fire because this is consistent 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 playoff flame out one after another after another after another with high hopes and high expectations the sixers unfortunately were un, were unable to deliver and that definitely sucks because i mean now the question is who are you going to get to replace Doc? I mean I know Nick Nurse is available. I know Monty Williams is available. I did hear that they may try to somehow try to get Tyron Luke but honestly, I think the Sixers they they definitely need a they need another voice. They need a, another voice in that locker room, someone to get in and be and get him to play and not to say to play to his capability. However, hey, when you got a team down like this, go for the throat and for some reason, like I said, Doc's a nice guy a good coach, however honestly, he's pretty much living off that, that one title in 2008 with the Boston Celtics um, other than that, I mean, like I said it's been collapse after collapse after collapse you got the Ben Simmons saga the issues with Joel Embiid, now James Harden and everything like that I mean they tried the James Harden experiment the last two years and honestly, it's not working it's not working there's rumors of him wanting to go back to Houston we'll see what happens <clears throat> I think they need to somehow find a way to get Damian Lillard or somebody because honestly you want to try to win a championship while you have Joel Embiid in his prime and he's clearly in his prime right now because in a couple years with those knees he's gonna go down pretty quickly so Boston Celtic they move on to the Eastern Conference Finals um They'll take on the Milwaukee Bucks. Um, My predictions for both the the West and the East. What I think is going to happen. Oh, wait. What I want to happen. I mean, hey, Denver against Boston is fine with me. But I actually wouldn't mind a Denver-Miami final. However, what I think is going to happen is going to be L.A. and Boston. Because now you get tradition. The Lakers and the Celtics once again battling for the NBA title who's going to win banner number 18 first both are tied and this brings out great drama for the eba kind of know how the eba likes the drama they like they like the storyline um like i say and which definitely sucks because honestly i think denver is a more as a well-deserving team to make it to the final but we'll see what happens game one is tonight we'll definitely see what happens and so with that being said hey um let, um, I want to kind of jump on. And speaking of the Lakers and LeBron James, I um, want to give some kudos to Bronny James. Um, he's going, he's, um, has chosen to go into to USC. I know the options were, I believe, Oregon and I think Ohio State was like number two. But he chose to stay near his family, which is cool. Um, he's pretty much down the road from Savannah and LeBron, so they can always go check out his game. So that would be, that would be pretty nice. Um, like I said no I think I just think this is a very good opportunity for him um we'll see how long he stays I mean I know LeBron has talked about wanting to play with Bronny in college but I mean is that that is that Bronny's strength because at the same time Bronny he may end up liking college I mean I love college so I know some other people they love college I mean this is like your last big stop for adulthood, I mean, you're technically adult when you hit 18, but you're out in the real world actually trying to fend for yourself, so, no, I mean, hey, shout out to Bronny, hey, I would never ever slander a kid, especially one of that ilk who is doing something that he wants to do, he definitely has the ability to do great things in college and in the NBA, I definitely hope that he definitely has a marvelous career, um, he has definitely survived after being in the shadow of his father's greatness, and yeah I definitely hope that he can at least have the uh, he can surpass his own expectations because bump what everybody else says out in the world and in the media surpass your own expectations and and you'll be fine Um, but no shout out to him Uh, shout out to the James clan I mean LeBron was saying that Bronny is the only member of the James family to go to college so I mean that's a shout out to them shout out to him and Savannah raising a wonderful young man and Bryce is coming up next, so you definitely know he's gonna be hooping as well. So on to some some from a family wholesome situation to some outright foolery. And that is Ja Morant in the Memphis Grizzlies. My god, what the hell is going on here? I mean, dude, you didn't learn from that eight-game suspension that you had a couple months back. Why? You a new fool. This he's a new fool. He is a new fool. Congratulations, John Morant. Man, you're hustling backwards, buddy. Dude, the league is already kind of looking at you. You've already had five or six incidents already. And incidents where your mom, like two of them where your mom had to call you. First, the finish line situation. And then, um, the volleyball game situation. Then you're fighting the youth at your house. And then the red beam against the Pacers. Your boys, um, getting, have, um, getting banned from the, uh, from, um, from the arena. From getting onto the court during an altercation, and now this, I mean, the, well, then the Denver uh, situation with the gun, now this, I mean, why, I mean, why, you getting on IG Live, why you gotta flash the gun, I mean, dude, I mean, plenty of people, plenty of more uh, well, uh, recognizable faces than you. you, don't have to carry a strap, I mean, Jay-Z, one of the most known figures in the world. He has a security team. He doesn't need to have a strap. LeBron. He's always has having some handlers around him. He doesn't need to wear uh have a piece. Mike. I mean man, we I mean we see Mike in like on like social media, like when people um seeing him like in all these foreign countries. <laughs> I mean and like even in like even in the states he'll ha- he'll have like some like some security around him he doesn't need to wear a piece dude if you're that if you're that fearful of your life to where you have to wear a piece then get security or is the fact or are you just one of those things where you just love the likes the likes on social media you want to stick it to the man oh yeah yeah but and what pisses me off even of before is everybody else saying encouraging this behavior Oh, it's okay. Second Amendment rights. Second Amendment rights. Nothing wrong with holding a gun. You're not hurting sure, nobody. Well, dude, maybe, yeah, it's the Second Amendment right, but it's not, it's, but the NBA has their own bylaws. I mean, if you don't want to play in the NBA and whatnot, give definitely Flash a gun, do whatever you want. But if you're going to get to continue to play in the NBA, you have to abide by their rules and regulations. I mean, we already seen this situation with Gilbert Arenas and whatnot. Bring the gun into the into the arena. True, that didn't happen. However, still, it's just a matter of time at this point. Man, And like I said, the, I know the people on social media were thinking, "Oh, well, the league is just out, out to get them." No, they're not. I mean, man, dude, the NBA and the in the NFL are the two leagues I know specifically who make it their their all out right. I mean, I don't know say all out right, but they do whatever they can to, quote unquote, protect their image and their brand. And John Morant, you're not helping that. And I'm pretty sure pretty soon, but you're going to lose some sponsors. You're going to lose some sponsors. My God, brother, you have an opportunity to set up generational wealth. You're making 200, you have a $214 million contract, I believe that's right. I think that's right. But you have a $214 million contract. Why? Why? I just don't get it, like I said, you're hustling backwards, brother, you are are trying to get this level to leave that lifestyle behind, however, you're not doing that, I mean, I just hope, man, and at this point, I mean, I mean, man, where's, I mean, I hope T. Moran has got to his father, or somebody close to him has to get to John Moran, and say, hey, look, dude, you're teetering right now, you're teetering on ruining your career, but you know what? It is what it is at this point. Um, I'm done. I'm 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 done because like I said, people are gonna just continue to promote this foolishness and I don't have the time for it because a lot of us, majority of, of work in America would love to be in the position with John Moran. Dude, you got a daughter. You got a daughter. Why do childish things? You have a you have a daughter to watch out for. And I just hope I pray to God that nothing happens to where you're taken from her for an extended period of time or whatever I just hope that doesn't happen I'm hoping that you can turn this stuff around and you and Dylan Brooks I mean and I meant to say this earlier the Memphis Grizzlies I mean that loss to the Lakers I think should definitely hopefully will humble them but however from what I'm seeing now I doubt it so with that being said ladies and gentlemen I'm going to take a quick break and I'll be right back all right ladies and gentlemen let's get into the national football league and basically it all started with everybody's favorite quarterback wondering where he's gonna go and then it happened Aaron Rodgers was finally traded to the New York Jets and one of the things though he's having some weapons come up some familiar faces coming with them. Um, Mercedes Lewis, Randall Cobb—they're also assigned to the Jets—and Nicole Hardman, uh former of the Kansas City Chiefs, will be on the New York Jets roster this year. So Aaron Rodgers definitely getting some targets to to, to throw to, along with Garrett Wilson. Um, it's definitely going to be a very interesting time at in MetLife this season. Um, I actually like the move for the Jets. I mean, for one, I mean they haven't had a, a star-studded Hall of Fame-type quarterback to play since when? What, Joe Willie Namath back in 69 when he let the, uh, he guaranteed the victory in Super Bowl three. Yeah, I think this is a good move because, I mean, this kind of puts you at the forefront of the AFC. Um, you know, Aaron is going to, Aaron's going to be Aaron. Aaron's going to ball out even though he had a subpar year last year. But I I think he's going to step up and have a good year. I mean, they also, the Jets, they're also surrounded by a tenacious defense led by Sauce Gardner. So, no, I mean, I definitely like the moves. I I, I like the move at quarterback. I mean, the Jets are all in. The Jets are all in this year. And speaking of um, Aaron Rodgers, the Packers um, are going with the youth movement. They gave Jordan Love. Um, an extension worth up to 22 and a half million dollars including the 13 13 and a half fully guaranteed um, actually like I said I like the move because I mean eventually you have to see what this kid um, is about um, you see, can this guy throw the rock I mean I know he had he, he did he did well in some spot performances especially one in Philadelphia last last year when Aaron went out but no um, I actually like the move just gives you an opportunity to see what he's about you still got some weapons um still got the running game um and we'll definitely kind of see what transpires with that moving on moving on and moving on into uh, uh, down uh, down the road to soldier field with those chicago bears basically did the wise thing by surrounding justin fields with talent i mean along with claypool they also received dj moore in a trade with carolina Honestly, I believe that is so important because you want to give your young quarterback ample weapons and the an opportunity to ball out. Um, like I said, I mean, Justin Fields, one of the more electrifying QBs coming into uh, this season. I mean, he had a tremendous uh, season, especially on the ground last year. And so, no, I mean, getting getting him some offensive weapons, I think is key because, like I said, you want to know what you have at, uh, at the QB position. And if not, uh, they'll have to maybe jump back into the draft and get some uh, get some picks. So one um, another thing that uh, the Packers did, I mean, they definitely also surrounded him um, with, uh, with tight end for the Packers, Robert Tanya, uh, Deontay Freeman, uh, Foreman, I'm sorry, Foreman, the former running back for the Carolina Panthers, who really hasn't had an opportunity to start. I mean, I know he has spot duty down in Houston as well as at Tennessee, but it looks like he may be the man out there in Chicago because David Montgomery signed with uh, Detroit. But, I mean, yeah, I mean, the Bears, they look stacked on offense. I mean, and one of the things that it was also important that they did was shore up that defense. Uh, they signed Tremaine Evans, formerly of the Buffalo Bills, and T.J. Edwards, formerly of uh, the defending NFC title champions, Philadelphia Eagles, Goldbergs, <laughs> to deals. Now, uh, <coughs> I think this is big because of how they lost Roquan Smith to the Ravens last, uh, last season. So, they definitely need to kind of stabilize that linebacker position. Then they also uh, picked up uh, Lady Dar- uh, Dar- uh uh, Darnell Wright uh, for, um, um, in the first round of the NFL Draft, supposed to be one of the top um, tackles in the league, and I think this is going to be huge for Justin Fields this season. This is could be a make or break season for this guy, so we'll definitely see, we see. We'll definitely kind of keep our eyes on that, and we're going to jump into the defending NFC uh, champions, Philadelphia Eagles. What um, the Eagles did, they did a great job with. I mean. They, they did resign some core players even though a lot of them are kind of long in the tooth but i mean hey it was reasonable deals they were all um uh, able to come back and try to see if they can defend this nfc title um like i said, i mean they also um uh, like i say i mean they picked um like i said, brandy graham jason kelsey uh fletcher Darius slay james Bradburn, all are back they also picked up rashard penny formerly of the seattle seahawks Fortunately for Penny, I mean, he's dealing, um he, I mean, he's always injured. He's always dealing with some type of injury. However, one good thing about this running back room is that the fact that everybody's pretty much experienced. Uh, like I said, I mean, you even got uh, Trey Sermon back there that are uh, hoping for an opportunity. So, I mean, like I said, I mean, they have, uh, they have the running game to kind of keep things going. I know they lost Miles Sanders to Carolina, but I think the guys that they have can definitely do the job, and so, moving on, moving on, moving on, and one of the things I would definitely say is that it finally happened, it took eight years to happen, but Marcus Mariota is in the Philadelphia Eagle uniform, He he is... Someone that Chip Kelly was touting um, after high t- um, after college because, of course, they both came from Oregon. Uh, Mariota knows the plays. It was just, in a sense, for, for Chip, it was going to be a match made in heaven. However, it did not work out that way. But, yeah, he's on the Eagles now. That's on the Eagles. And me, personally, I wanted them to get Bijan John Robinson. But, understanding football, I know their, one of their biggest needs was along the interior linemen so that was one of the reasons why that they had to go out and do what they need to do and so yeah yeah so yeah the eagles yeah they're, they're definitely looking to be flying high this season um they picked up Jalen carter um in the draft on uh, one of the league's uh, best uh, defensive tackles. I, I, he definitely comes with a checker pass. However, I think he can uh, definitely step in to do the job because, I mean, like I've stated on my other podcast, shout to the Eagles on podcast, uh, one of the things. Um, Damn, lost my train of thought now. So please bear with me, ladies and gentlemen. But no, um, yeah. They got Jalen Carter, and yeah, I mean, one of the things that I know that that they can't have is Fletcher Cox playing 60-plus snaps like he did a couple times last season because that'll wear him out. And that's why, yeah, they're in the knee, and in a sense, I mean, they just had to go up one spot and pick up Jalen Carter, but I think he's going to pay uh, big dividends for them because, I mean, he's matched, he's, he's back uh, with some familiar faces, Jordan Davis, uh... Uh Keely Ringo, who was also just picked up, Nolan Smith, who was just picked up at number 30. And yeah. And they, they kind of joined a team with Jordan Davis and um the Kobe Dean. So yeah, I mean, Jalen Carter's definitely get a lot of support from his fellow brethren. And yeah, I'm definitely definitely skies are the limit for the Eagles this season. So we'll definitely see what kind of happens with that. Um moving on, moving on. The Seahawks paid. Geno Smith, um, a nice little game, a, uh, a little raise, three years, one hundred and five milli. And I think this is a, probably a bridge move in a sense because I mean, I think Seattle. I mean, Geno's a Gino's a he's a good player. However, I mean, is Geno going to lead lead you to a title? I doubt it. I doubt it. But we'll see what happens. And moving on, moving on uh, down south to the AFC South. Um, the Miami Dolphins I'm sorry, uh, they traded for Jalen Ramsey, uh, formerly of the Rams, uh, just two years ago he was a Super Bowl champion um, and I think that move is going to be, that dude made to kind of bolster Miami secondary so we'll definitely kind of see what happens with that um Jimmy G is a Raider interesting, interesting and the Falcons they drafted B. John Robinson um like I said, as I just stated, I mean, I definitely wanted uh, the Eagles to draft Bijan Robinson. Um, I'm guessing they figure that they're gonna ride with um, with B. John until uh, Desmond Ritter can kind of get his uh, get his uh, get his leg uh, his sea legs under from under from up under him and start producing as a quarterback. But my only fear is though is that they're gonna run him so much the fact that this is kind of going to be another Saquon situation. I definitely hope the young man can can kill it. But, well, I mean, aside from when he plays the Eagles, but definitely hoping that um, Bijan is able to do the job because, yeah, um, I think, yeah, like I said, this is going to be kind of like another Saquon-Barky situation where the Giants signed him. However, they really didn't have all the requisite pieces intact. Um, yeah, so... We'll definitely see what happens. Um moving on, moving on, moving on. Um, out, um, moving on, down to the NFC South. Out goes Tom Brady, in comes Baker Mayfield. Yeah. yeah I definitely see the drop off in that one. But however, I mean, compared to kind of what we've kind of been seeing the last uh odd sub years, is that yeah. Um, Baker Mayfield is definitely not a long term solution, so I think this is also another bridge situation for the Bucks. And yeah, may- maybe they do need to kind of hook, uh, hook a line to Tom Brady because, yeah, I definitely don't see this working out too well. Um, finally, finally, finally the probably the biggest news aside from Aaron Rodgers being traded was the fact of the matter is that the Ravens did not fumble the bag and lose Lamar Jackson my goodness gracious, shoot, man, this has been a long, arduous journey. Uh, the Ravens and Lamar were able to come uh, come through an agreement. However, I mean, I will say this, you gotta thank the Eagles, because, I mean, basically kind of looking at what the Eagles gave Jalen Hurts, you can basically kind of chalk up that Deshaun Watson contract as a one-off. And, a special situation, but you know what? It is what it is. But I'm definitely happy that Lamar Boy is staying out of the NFC. I can say that for sure. I'm definitely happy about that. Then, but I'm also happy the fact that they are now surrounding him with some with some breakfast and weapons. Zay Flowers, uh, the rookie coming in. definitely um, gonna be pushing for some playing time. Rashard uh, Rashad Bateman. Um, he's there, and so they're gonna be some interesting times down there. And mind you, um, they also signed Odell Beckham Jr. to give them a veteran presence. Um, I'm definitely interested to in see how this works out, especially with, um, with OBJ and Lamar. So, that, that remains to be seen. But no, I'm definitely expecting, I mean, especially if Odell is back to being somewhat like Odell, um, I definitely expect the Ravens passing attack to really kick in. And yeah, I'm definitely excited about that. And so, With that being said, ladies and gentlemen, I'm going to take a quick break and I'll be right back with you. All right, ladies and gentlemen, ladies and gentlemen, I just kind of want to get into a little something real quick before we go. Um, Parenthood, parenthood uh, for me, as many of you know, I literally had... Two kids within fourteen months of each other, back in twenty 2020 twenty and twenty twenty one, and overall, I me mean, parenting has been a very interesting time in my household. Um, my wife and I, hey, we're doing our definitely doing our best to raise our children right. Um, definitely trying to do. Um, I'm. I know for myself, I'm definitely trying to do. As good of a job or even better than what my parents did with us even though i know that is going to be hard as hell because they were extremely great parents and i'm definitely thankful for them um but yeah i mean i'm I'm noticing that one thing about parenthood it's been a trial by error trial by error and that's the thing that i definitely have definitely discovered the most is that you're not going to be perfect um you're not gonna be perfect with everything with your kids just my thing is just long as you're there long as you're giving the effort long as they know that you're there and you're um, doing your best for them I think everything will be fine and I'm really discovering that um a lot of things I've, I've noticed though with my kids I mean um what I will say this one thing I definitely love about parenting was is the fact of the matter I like I like discovering new things about them. I like seeing them try different things. Uh, As a lot of you you guys don't know, my son started soccer um, over, like, maybe about a couple months ago. And he's been into it. Definitely has had his challenges because, like my son, he likes to do his own thing. But, I mean, you have to kind of chase him around to kind of get him back on track. But for the most part, like, when he's engaged, he does very well in the sport does very well he likes to kick the ball and everything like that and just run around and, and like with the other little kids but no I'm definitely enjoying definitely enjoying that uh, my daughter um she is I, I put like this I she's kind of like another version of my sister for those who know my sister she kind of has like that attitude <laughs> but um I love it though I mean I will definitely say it. mean my kids they are in a sense two peas in a pod Per se, because for one, it's like they don't want to do something without the other. More so. So, like, let's just say that, hey, look, I'm going downstairs. They will want the other one. I'm I'm taking them downstairs. They will want the other one to come. It's just like they are stuck together. And it's pretty cool. It's pretty cool. I know, like, there are times where I've taken my daughter out of town to maybe to go to California to see my mom or stuff like that. And because my daughter flies free, I'm like, no, I might as well just take her with me. And it's weird, definitely, like, it's, it's definitely a different dynamic where they're not together because they really, when they, were, um, when my daughter returns or when we return, my son, like, severely misses her. <laughs> so, it, it, it's, a, it's a very nice sight to see. But... No, I, like I said, I'm definitely just kind of discovering new things about myself. Discovering new things about my wife during this whole time of pregnant of um, parenting. Um, definitely learned that hey, patience is a virtue because I mean, unfortunately, I mean these kids they want to kind of do their own thing, and of course, then they may not want to listen initially. But I think the more times that you kind of ingrain it in their head that hey, look, it's time to listen, mom and dad. I think eventually they, they'll get it, but um i will definitely say you know i definitely do enjoy it uh it's probably one of the more rewarding things that i um uh, that i've accomplished uh which is the fact that the no matter like i said i mean just seeing them and like seeing like my son especially um learn things such as like counting learning his animals his colors and stuff like that and my, my daughter is falling suit even at a younger age but i think she sees my son doing it and she's kind of picking up on some of those um some of those things right there because i mean she could count to 10 and like said being like almost about, about to turn two next month um she's learning her abcs and her colors as well so i mean i'm definitely like i said parenting has definitely been an experience um, I definitely wouldn't like for my daughter to get out of our bed so me and my wife can have our daughter back because my, of course, my daughter is breastfeeding and, of course, she is hard because, like, when she, we put her in her crib and with my son in their room, um, they have separate cribs, but, like, my daughter will wake up pretty quickly and then, of course, she wants to get back on it. Unfortunately, that kind of kind of messes um mommy and her, um their mom and myself up because me for one my, my daughter's a wild sleeper and the one thing i'm just saying like please can we have our bed back please <laughs> but anywho but like i said but it is what it is i mean that's something that we're probably gonna have to work on is getting her back to getting getting her off the boob as well as getting my son how to do number two in the pot. Because that's also a struggle right there. That is a struggle right there, uh, ladies and gentlemen. If anybody has any tips about how to get a child off the breast. Or if you have any tips on how to get a kid to do number two on the pot. Because if for some reason, like my son. He'll go. He'll let us know when he has to uh, to take a piss or something like that. He'll go take off his... his pull up in his, um, he'll take off his pull up in his, um, in his pants and sit on the pot and take and pee. but when it's time to drop that deuce, he's not really willing to do that, so, I mean, I'm definitely to try, I'm trying to give him patience on that, I'm definitely trying to do that, but if anybody has any tips, please let me know, your boy's struggling over here, so... With that being said, uh, this brings us to a close with another episode of the 310 Podcast. If you want to reach out to the show, you can hit me up at the310podcast at gmo.com. Hey, please, ladies and gentlemen, drop your boy (laughs) drop your boy a line on what to do with these these issues. Uh, If you want to uh, follow the show, like like you say, you can follow on all uh, podcast platforms. And so, with that being said, I'm your man K-Mark. I'll catch you with you later. Peace!